This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. It was Halloween at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles. Fake cobwebs lined the umbrellas over the community tables, with a skeleton seated here and there throughout the market, sporting pirate decor or vampire capes. Dimitri had baked plenty of pumpkin pies early that morning under the faded moonlight, a skeleton in the sky hanging around to greet him alongside the sun. Dimitri decorated the pies with powdered sugar ghosts, graham cracker headstones, and chocolate bats before trading in his apron for his own costume a banana tree. He wore brown pants and a brown shirt, tucked, of course, with a brown pair of suspenders. He had a homemade hat with fragments of actual banana leaves drooping over the sides. His fingers played the part of the fruits as he wore yellow gloves, but he even went so far as to cut a few bananas in half, hollowing out a small hole in each so he could fit his ring, middle, and pointer fingers inside. He waved with the fruits at the market goers, who giggled as they waved back. Dimitri had sliced the unused banana halves and adorned them with toothpicks for easy sharing. He carefully carried a tray with the slices and one whole bunch of bananas to the community tables, readjusting his banana hands once he took his seat. A crowd quickly gathered, many with slices of Dimitri's pumpkin pie in hand. Banana man, many of the kids called out. Dimitri smiled like a kid himself before he spoke. In the spirit of superstition, did you know that bananas are deemed to be bad luck for fishermen? scarier to people in the fishing charter business than a ghost. Many captains ban the fruit from their ships, and some even extend their aversion to include banana chips, banana muffins, and anything banana-flavored. Some cannot even bear the word banana or anything evocative of the fruit, so you can forget about wearing your Banana Republic apparel or bringing aboard your banana boat sunscreen. No way, the crowd exclaimed, but why bananas? Ah, there are many theories for how the fruit came to be taboo. Usually, this rumor takes the form of the fish not biting on the day when bananas are on board, a belief that dates back to the Caribbean trade of the 1700s. You see, the wooden boats of that time had to travel quickly in order to deliver bananas before they spoiled. At faster speeds, fishermen had a hard time trolling for fish, which is likely how the superstition took form. But others around that same time claim that the fruit's presence coincides with mechanical mishaps or that boats with bananas aboard are doomed to sink. This idea developed after many boats never arrived at their destinations, almost all carrying bananas. And often the only remnants found floating on the surface was the bright yellow fruit, like hands reaching up from the depths, leaving some to conclude that the fruit itself had led to these tragedies at sea. Dimitri reached his banana fingers up in the air in front of him. Still, perhaps the spookier superstition is that banana cargo could actually lead to the death of crew members. One theory supporting such a fear was that deadly spiders would hitch a free ride inside the bananas, trapping the crew in close quarters with these creepy critters. Another theory, far-fetched perhaps but based in actuality, is that the fermenting bananas give off methane gas, which not only would cause other fruits aboard to spoil faster, 
earning the banana the label of bad luck, but could also feasibly lead to illness for crew members trapped below deck in the working hold with little fresh air. But of course, my favorite theory of all, Dimitri grabbed a banana between his thumb and pinky in one hand, doing his best to peel it with his free, non-banana fingers on the other, a cartoonish grin on his face, with his tongue sticking out the side of his lips. The crowd couldn't help but giggle. For why bananas are banned and blamed for bad luck, you've seen it in cartoons time and time again. The banana peels, Dimitri dropped the peel in front of him on the table, would cause crew members to slip and fall on deck. Dimitri walked his middle and pointer, banana-tipped fingers across the table toward the peel, flinging them forward and smacking his palm against the table atop the peel, accompanied by his silly sound effects. Whoa, 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 splat! The kids burst out laughing, some mimicking the motions, their own little fingers tripping over tiny, invisible bananas. There are myths and tales of this silly, lovable fruit from all over the world, from Hawaii to India to Africa. Burmese origin myths state that the bananas were the very first food eaten by man after his creation. When the first man was hungry, he wandered into the forest and came upon a flock of birds eating the yellow fruits. He chased the birds away and brought the bananas back to his family. Hence, the given name for the fruit in Burma translates as the birds told. In Thailand, there's a legend of a female spirit who haunts wild banana tree groves, appearing on nights when the moon is full and bright. She is known to be gentle. Unless, of course, you dare to cut down the favorite wild banana trees, which will result in getting cursed. In Hinduism, the banana is a symbol of fertility and prosperity, and kadali plants, a variety of banana, are especially considered sacred for religious and marriage ceremonies. Meanwhile, in addition to becoming a staple in the American diet, bananas have also worked their way into our own culture and folklore, being praised as the secret to longevity, the perfect food for infants, the cure for headaches. And even a means to combat stage fright, perhaps because they are known to settle an upset stomach. Dimitri pretended to be flustered and bashful, sinking down in his seat, holding his stomach. Then took a big bite of the peeled banana in front of him. He let out a big sigh of relief, sitting up straight again, as if overcome with newfound confidence. Topped off with a playful wink. One of my favorite stories tells how bananas came to be in the first place. Dimitri began again. A myth from the Philippines that shows us how true love only grows further the more it is opposed. Dimitri took the last few bites of his banana, and as always, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. Once upon a time, there lived a lovely couple who had a kind and obedient daughter named Celia, beautiful inside and out. She was angelic in the way she treated her parents, always respecting their wishes and being thoughtful in her words and actions. Her parents were so grateful, so in love with their treasure of a child, but they were also very protective, always in fear that someone someday would try and take her away. Needless to say, Celia was not permitted to date, and nor did she try, despite many young men fawning over her from a distance. At least not until one day when Celia met a charming, tall, handsome young man named Aging. Aging was a farmer, just like Celia's own father, and his hands were rough and leathered from being in the sun and from tilling the rice fields. Of course, being hyper attentive to the attention their daughter garnered, Celia's parents were immediately aware of the young people's first meeting. And despite the young man's noble and hardworking nature, Celia's parents did not approve. They warned her, as they did with every young man that came before, and demanded she not date him. But Celia justified to herself that friendship with the young farmer would not intentionally disobey her parents' request, 
After all, she did not intend to fall in love. And so, every afternoon, just before sunset, Aging would secretly meet Celia by the well near her house, where the view was obscured just enough to not be seen through the windows by her parents. They continued their secret meetings for months, growing closer with each new sunset, until, despite Celia's best intentions, the young couple fell deeply in love. Then one afternoon, while Celia's father was at work, her mother left the house to go to town. Aging saw her leave, and so he approached the open window of Celia's room, calling out like Romeo for his beloved Juliet. When Celia approached, Aging laid his hands out on the windowsill. Come here, my angel, take my hands, he said. She blushed, placing both her hands in his. He held them with a secure yet gentle embrace as he raised them both up to his lips, kissing the top of both her hands. I could hold these hands forever. Then don't let go, Celia whispered as she closed her eyes and leaned her forehead against his. Their hands remained entangled together as they spoke. They were so engrossed with one another, lost in conversation, they didn't realize Celia's father would be coming home soon. From some distance away, Celia's father spotted aging resting against the window, his precious daughter leaning out to reach him with her lips. When they kissed, the father burst with wrath and ran toward the house with his sharp bolo knife in hand from clearing vegetation in the fields. When aging turned to see the father coming directly at him, he extended his arms, waving frantically like a rodeo clown faced against a charging bull. But the father could not be stopped. He struck aging near the shoulder. Aging's arm fell to the ground, Celia screamed, and Aging, in shock and fear, ran away. The father said nothing, only looked at his daughter with a stern, scolding glance before entering the home. Celia went outside and carefully picked up Aging's lifeless arm, kissing the hand before burying it there below the window. She cried all night, thinking she'd never hold her love again. But the next morning, Celia noticed a strange plant outside her window. Its trunk was tall with green leaves, and its yellow fruits were shaped like clusters of fingers. One cluster of the fruit in particular was extended out toward the window, as if stretching out to touch her. She reached out and held the cluster with her hand, and as she did so, she was overcome with a feeling of warmth and security, as if she was again holding the hand of her love. She realized this plant grew from aging's arm, and she knew that true love could always grow stronger, despite adversity. In honor of the couple's inevitable reunion, the plant was named for them, a combination of their names, intertwined just as their fingers when they held hands. Ever since, the plant and fruit has been called saging, which is Filipino for banana. The end. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce app on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.